Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the Parenting Tools podcast with me, Jason. And me, Jordan. This is the podcast where two parenting tools talk about our lives and our experiences as dads to young kids. I've just had a mouthful of ice. (laughs) Oh, Jason, I feel like it's a good idea to open with an opening question because <laughs> it's groundbreaking it's normally about 20 minutes in before we get to it revolutionary idea and i must apologize i've got something wrong with my tongue <laughs> and it's it's too big for my mouth at the minute i don't know Just if at the minute yeah i don't know if i've got a virus or, or whatnot but oh, it makes me feel comfortable sitting this place yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so if it sounds like I'm slurring my words, it's not the icy drinks. If it's... I'm slurring my words, it's just the lack of sleep. <laughs> Do you know what? I had a lion this weekend. Oh, no way. My wife, absolute legend. Legend. That's there the we go. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, she took the kids downstairs and let me sleep in till 10 to 9. Wow. wow. I felt refreshed. And I spent all morning singing. <laughs> and then she got really annoyed because I was so fresh and singing. <laughs> So, opening question this week comes from Andy on Instagram, and it is, top tips for getting out of the house quicker with a kid? Top tips. So, I'm assuming just, not just like there's a fire, you're not just sprinting out of the house. (laughs) (laughs) I think you were like, we're planning to leave, we're going out for the day, Uh, not an emergency I need need all the tips. If anyone's got any tips... Um, it's just it is hectic isn't it when like you're trying to plan to go somewhere mm. but you've got a number of other things to do before you think about preparing to go out yeah it's just life isn't it just adulting it's not very <laughs> I'm going to give my wife another shout out here oh God, she is the best at this just bags packed the night before oh, that's the dream everything ready to go even one thing that I've started to do is our daughter has bottles of milk pour the milk out the night before stick it in the fridge rather than have to pour it out as you try to leave, you just grab the bottle and you go. Ah, 
See, uh, before we had our daughter, I used to have my clothes for the next day sorted mm, I before I went that. to bed. You fold up in a neat little pile every day, even on the weekends. <laughs> now, <laughs> I'm scrounged around for a clean t shirt. Grab what's clean. <laughs> Just give it a little sniff. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my. That is. It sounds obvious, but it really is it's quite a game changer. Just get stuff ready the night before. Yeah. We, I tend to like pack the car the night before as well. So like if we go anywhere, the car is sorted. Mm. So we just have to get the people out. <laughs> just worry about the people. Everyone in the house. <laughs> and it would tend to be that by the time we've got, uh, my wife's got out and my daughter's in the car, I'll then have forgotten something in the house. And you've got to <laughs> so run, back run back in. in. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. Thank you, Andy, for that question. If you do want to send us an opening question, please follow us at Parenting Tools Pod on Instagram. And we're going to stick on Instagram with a message we got from Laura. Said, cracking episode number 16 made me laugh. <laughs> one thing that me and my hubby work on is booking in talks scheduling them in <laughs> I'm a deep conversationalist and he isn't ready for me <laughs> so we gotta book that time in bro <laughs> also hacks baby gates don't get rid of them you can lock them on a floor so they don't follow you even when they're five <laughs> That's brilliant. That's so important though. Like, so for example, my wife is a classic extrovert, like through and through. We'll, we'll not, be not out. talking about spouses, talking about children. Oh, <laughs> booking in time to talk. No, no, baby gate in your child. <laughs> You're not following me, Em. Close the gate. Uh, <laughs> give me some space. <laughs> it works with what I'm about to say as well. But um, oh, amazing. she's a classic extrovert. So if we spent the night out with people or we've had people around, she, we'll, people will go and she'll be buzzing. She'll mm. be want to chat everything through, debrief the whole night. And I'm spent. I'm just like the f- introvert in a nutshell. That is me. I'm like, I just need my own little space. Book I get a meeting. some staircases. Book a meeting with me. Book a meeting. And we'll discuss this tomorrow. <laughs> Pop it in an email. <laughs> So she signed off with keep smashing it, giggling away like I'm in the room with you. And she signed off with this three kids, five and under, vomit face emoji. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Laura. Oh, that's amazing. Keep your stair gates so you can basically lock your kids away from yourself. So so are we saying that five-year-olds don't know how to open stair gates? Is that a thing? Well, my mate Jake, um, he's like 29. (laughs) <laughs> and, struggling. and he said to me when we first uh when we first had our first child he came around he said oh you've got these things now he said it's always the worst when you go to someone's house and they've got kids and they've got these he says you can never open them <laughs> he just fair point. he just steps over them he's six foot four <laughs> and he just steps over them because he can't unlock them i mean there are various different models aren't there why don't they choose the best one Oh, that's true. Everyone's like, every, every, everyone's made differently. Why don't they choose the same mechanism? We've got two, bottom and top of the stairs. And same, they're different. Same brand, different mechanisms. I noticed that when we stayed over <laughs> and it was confusing. <laughs> you can take that for when Em wants to talk to you. <laughs> Just have a series of different stair gates on different mechanisms. <laughs> well, we've got a, we've, so we were talking about baby proofing last week, weren't we? Yes. We and I, we've got a baby proofing win from Ooh. way back when. So we found, do you know those like little 
toys that they're balls but they're like plasticky and you bounce them and they like basically go mental and play music and they judder around the floor and all that kind of stuff you come across those i'm i'm not entirely sure you're looking at me like you've not (laughs) sounds possessed well yeah so my little boy hated it absolutely hated it makes sense and we were getting to the point where we needed a stair gate so we just put that (laughs) toy on the bottom (laughs) and it worked i'm talking for weeks Wow. He didn't go anywhere near the stairs. He'd start wow. going towards the stairs. He'd see the ball and he'd just turn around. Wow. <laughs> he was petrified of it. He was. And it's horrible when you when you put it like that. But um, <laughs> Oh, that reminds me actually. So this week, you know on baby monitors, you've got the little talk back function. Yeah. I used it for the first time in about six months really? this week. Because no, no, my daughter was just scared of it the whole time. And we were chatting before and you said your son was just petrified of it. So he would just do whatever the, the, the weird voice would say. Lie down. <laughs> so Noah was playing in a cot. Uh, not a cot. We've transitioned to a bed. Oh. That's big news. Life update. Yeah, we'll come back to that. Come, come back to the jingle. When I'm ready. Revisit that. <laughs> but she was just playing. She wasn't sleeping. I literally just turned the mic on and just lie down. And she froze. Literally, I was watching, and like literally for about two minutes, he had not moved. <laughs> so I just went into her room, and I was like, I had to explain to her that it was me talking to her. <laughs> oh, bless! To her. Make it worse. The next morning, when I went in to wake her up, she looked straight at the camera and went, "It's only Daddy talking." Oh no! So she had been petrified. I the wonder whole who she night. thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> who else could it be? Oh, bless her. That's horrible. Yeah, that's, that's quite scarring right now. What a treat. <laughs> what a treat. <laughs> oh, man. Jordan, this week we have a special guest. We've got a very special guest. Very special guest. <laughs> <laughs> so this week on the pod, I'm really excited because I'm a boxing fan. Yeah. I like my boxing. We've got Derek Asaze. Now, Derek is a professional boxer. Yeah. He's also a youth minister. Yeah. And wow. he's from uh, he's from Nottingham. I was Nottingham born and well, I wasn't born in Nottingham, <laughs> but I. <laughs> you feel a strong connection to Nottingham. I grew up in Nottingham, so yeah, uh, a local boxer who's a Christian from Nottingham. I got in touch with him, said, "Do you fancy coming on the podcast?" He said, "Game on." So we've got Derek on the uh, on the pod today. Yeah, and he's got a young son he's turning two. Turning two. We will already be two actually by the time this comes out. Yep. Um, we did the interview earlier and it was really good. It was great. I enjoyed oh, it. You're going to enjoy it. But I have to preface the episode. Jordan is a massive fan of boxing. <laughs> and so they, they came a segment where they were just talking about boxers <laughs> and boxing. And all I know is my favorite brand is from Tesco. That's my dad joke for you. <laughs> oh, dear me. Took me a little little second. <laughs> I've been thinking about that for six hours. Really? That's so bad, isn't it? Well, I think it was good. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. <laughs> so welcome Derek Asaze to the Parents and Tools podcast. Derek, thank you for joining us. No, thanks for having me, man. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. No, we really do appreciate your time today. Derek, we just want to start off with the same question we always ask people. Yeah. Who are you? And what have you got? Tell us a bit about yourself. <laughs> oh, wow. Big question. Okay. Um, so my name is Derek Osaze. Um, 28 years old. Actually, 28, 28.5, I think. I turn 29 tomorrow. Um, grew up originally from Southeast London, a place you might have heard of called Peckham, um, as you can tell by my accent. Uh, found my way to, well, number five out of six siblings. Found my way to Nottingham. Um, came here to study at university at Nottingham Trent. Um, got a degree, got a master's. Um, find my wife up here as well, who's also from London. Got married, almost been married about five years now. Um, have a young son who turns two tomorrow. We have the same birthday. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and um, I've been a professional boxer since 2017 now. Started boxing age 15 just to keep out of trouble. And it just sort of kept me out of trouble. So I've stuck to it since then. Um, so I've been boxing. I've had 12 uh, professional fights, um, 11 wins. Um, also an ordained uh, minister, so I'm a youth pastor. Um, so obviously a faith is a big part of uh, my life. Um, and I'm very passionate about working with young people. Um, I do a lot of work in schools, uh, uh, do a lot of mentoring, intervention. Um, and I sort of kind of run an organisation um, that does works with young people. So I think that's me wow. in a nutshell. Other than that, I love crisps. I love Harry Bowles. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up on the Pie Range, and I probably still watch it now sometimes. Oh come on! And I like so I, I I watch a lot of sports. I like sports. I think that's me in a nutshell. Yeah, oh, amazing, amazing. <laughs> There's a lot going on. So it's your birthday and your son's birthday tomorrow. Yeah, we're born on the exact same day. Funny. <laughs> oh, amazing! Well, happy so birthday we, for tomorrow. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate it. Have you got some plans? Um, no, we're just going to have a quiet, chilled one, you know. I might take him to soft play um, or I take us to soft play because I enjoy the soft play probably more than he does. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just going to get some food and chill out. Um, so I've got I've got a few days off work and training. So um, I guess it fell in the right week. So, yeah. yeah. Joe, it's my mum's birthday tomorrow as well. Oh, God, wow. Amazing. It's so funny. My mum's birthday is the 14th as well. October is just a, a packed month. So, yeah, man. Happy birthday to your mum. You know, legends are born in October. So your ah. mum must be a legend. <laughs> Out of planet, yeah. <laughs> so, Dan, you just mentioned that you got a few days off training. You fought on Saturday. You had your latest yeah. fight on Saturday. Tell us how it went. Yeah, the fight went well. Um, I've got a got a unanimous point decision um, after six rounds. Um, very tough guy. Um, of course, in, in the boxing world, uh, Mexicans are known to be very, very tough. And uh, fighting one for the first time, I learned firsthand how tough they are. Um, so it was a good six rounds. It's very durable. Um, it was just great to get back out there because I've had um, uh, pre-2019, pre-COVID, very active. I had about 10 fights in less than two years, um, which is great in terms of a career like boxing because you build up momentum and mm. you sort of kind of, uh, you see vast improvements where you're out competing regularly. 
And then I had a period of about two and a half years of just mishap after mishap with COVID. You know, fights fell through because of COVID tests. Fights fell through. I had a fight fall through due to the Queen's passing. I had a fight, fights fall through just due to factors out of my control, injuries. So it was my only my second fight in three years, considering I had 10 in the first two years. So it was just nice to get back out there, um, get a good win. My coach was happy. It was nice to have our family and friends around. And it was nice to box in Nottingham again because I hadn't boxed there since 2018. So, um, so yeah, it was great. So obviously normally after, um, after a fight, you normally take a few days off, maybe a week, just to sort of kind of let your body reset and then go back into training. And I feel like I've been, with the constant um, change in dates, um, it's hard because when you have a fight coming up and you get to the fight day a few days before and the fight doesn't happen, you kind of don't take a rest. You sort of kind of dust yourself off and just keep going. So um, this rest was equally important because I feel like I've had back-to-back-to-back-to-back camps. Um, so, so yeah, so it's good to just put my feet up and just chill out for a bit and not watch the calories so much. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like every day for me uh, oh my word I'm just listening to you so you're a you're a professional boxer yeah you're a youth pastor a youth yes. worker a husband yeah. a father do yeah. you have a single minute where you could just do nothing do you know what it's funny I, I ask myself that sometimes you know I, I, I do feel it's a, it's a good way you put it because sometimes I have to actually ask myself like Derek are you alright like, how are you doing <laughs> because I feel like with a lot of what I do, um, I feel like a lot of my time belongs to other people. Mm. Um, so and I always even feel bad. There's something I'm trying to be intentional with, even being a father and a husband, is that when I come home, um, my family doesn't get the leftovers yeah. of me. Do you know what I mean? Because um, I come home, especially after training, some days I'm tired. I'm in the gym two, three times a day. Um, I'm literally like, you know, those days, I don't know if you pull up to your house and you sit in your car for a few minutes, <laughs> just bracing yourself to get in. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And uh, my son, yeah. Malachi, he's smart now because he can hear my car pull up. <laughs> so he goes to the window and he's there waiting. And like, he's one of the most energetic kids I've ever seen. Like he's by the front door waiting. And, and to him, he doesn't know I've had a long day or I'm yeah. tired or I've been at the church. He just sees, oh yeah, daddy, playtime. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you kind of just have to, I feel like I'm constantly putting on, I'm taking off and putting on different hats because I put on the boxer hat, I go to the gym. I put on the pastor hat when I go to the church. I put on the youth worker hat. Then I have to put on the dad hat, the husband hat. So um, do I find time for myself? I try to. Uh, I haven't touched my PlayStation in a while, so maybe I need to (laughs) touch that again. But um, yeah, I think it's just sort of kind of, you just have to be intentional with your time and ensure that, everyone is not getting the scraps of you because Honestly, sometimes when you're doing so, so much, yeah, when you're doing so much, it's just it's kind of unfair to give less than yourself in those areas. Do you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, it can be difficult at times, but I'm grateful um, that I have very supportive networks and people who understand in terms of what I'm doing. I have very supportive people in the church who understand um, in terms of like training, if maybe why I can't be at a, a meeting or something because I'm tired after training or that normally there'll be the people that will tell me to oh, go home why are you here at this meeting today you're so so and so very supportive and same with my family and stuff so yeah it's it's challenging um, I'm still working it out the chapter's not finished yet but 
Um, have I got some sort of manual? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm just sort of winging it. I've been winging it and it's kind of been working. <laughs> oh, it's oh, so all. good. So that's something that me and Jordan talk about quite a bit. It's like trying to make sure that our kids don't, as you put it, don't get the scraps. Yeah. That's, that's And like, especially when you're, like for you, you've got a lot of stuff where you have to be on it. Like when you're there, you have to be on it. You can't can't take a back seat or just like disappear into training. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, and, and that is, it is, it is like, a responsibility that we have to carry of actually yeah. you know what my family still need the best of me even though exactly. i'm tired um, but it is hard isn't it it's it is hard it, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's very it. it's very hard it's very hard and like um it more so because well like with our like my wife you know she's she's at a maturity where she can understand that oh do you know maybe if i'm not gonna do something tonight or this or that because i'm tired or something yeah but my son malachi he, he won't be able to to understand that, oh, dad's had a long day or stuff. So yeah. I need to ensure that he he always gets the best side of me or the best version of me. And at times it is hard, especially when they're at that age. Like, you know, Malachi is, he's just, he's a smart kid. He, um, anything on, on the waist level, any cupboards are just useless in my house now because he just goes through everything. <laughs> all the child locks that we had and all the cabinets are just useless because he opens all of them. So it's just like sometimes watching him is like a full-time mission, just trying to make sure he doesn't just grab anything, throw something, and he's fearless. He's now started testing out WWE-type style stunts as well. And just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so it requires a lot of energy. But like I said, it's, it's, it's still a blessing in itself, man. I, I'm still grateful to, to be to play all those roles, even yeah. though it can be challenging at times. Oh, no, that's amazing. So that's probably some of like, the more like challenging stuff. What do you think is, for you, what's one of the best things about being a dad so far? Wow, best things about being a dad so far? Um, uh, I think, you know what, for me, and um, I was speaking to a mate of mine who's got all the kids, because I always, when I see... Um, like I have friends that are parents. I like I have older kids. I always like to ask questions. Like, oh, like does it get easier or how is it when they're this age and stuff? I can't tell you that I've had many positive responses to be honest. But um, like uh, I was telling, <laughs> I was telling a mate of mine. I said, oh, like my son. Like every time I come home or anytime he sees me or if I go pick him up at nursery, he's literally just like ah, and he's jumping up and down and literally just wants to run into my arms and oh. like it just kind of makes me feel like oh like he likes me <laughs> do you know what I mean <laughs> do you know what I mean so I think that's yeah. one of the best that's one of the best feelings that even if I'm away from home like I, I was away in um, Nigeria a few weeks ago and away from my wife and my child for a few weeks and like he knows now like he can jump on FaceTime and see me and be like hey yo yeah. like where are you do you know what I mean so I guess that's one of the 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 great things about being a father is just like wow like there's actually someone who kind of looks up to you who, yeah. who hangs on to your every being and yeah man I thought that's it's just a blessing it's a blessing man oh that's so good how old is he turning tomorrow Derek? he turns two tomorrow um but oh, yeah man. but you know I'm sure you got, you don't know with the new generation kids I think the exchange rate is different man two is like <laughs> four because these kids I don't know I remember how what kids were like 10 years ago but these kids are sharp like they start swiping their iPads from how many months and just I feel like this generation of babies are super babies oh, so honestly, the exchange rate is different that's that's hilarious my my daughter's two and a bit and honestly she's she's too clever like she beats yeah, me in yeah. arguments literally I, was trying to <laughs> I tell her off the other day I was like alright no it's time to go and have a bath and she's like no 
<laughs> and I was trying to get serious, trying to actually like yeah, yeah, yeah. put on a big bit, like a, a disciplined voice. And she was just yeah. like, nope. And it's like, no, I'm just going to do this. I'm like, oh, my word. They love it when they that. learn how to say no, innit? Like, yeah. man, he literally shot me and said, no. I'm like, okay, fair enough, cool. So, uh, you, um, you mentioned it a bit. Oh, sorry. You, you mentioned it a little bit in the in the beginning, but, like, how did you get into boxing? What was that like for you? Um, so, for me, like, it literally was to keep out of trouble. Um, so, growing up, I always loved my sports. PE was one of my favourite subjects. Um, so growing up in the household, obviously my family background are from Nigeria. And um, so the first, my first, the eldest two were born in Nigeria. My parents moved here in the 80s. So the last four of us were born in London. Um, so education culturally is a, is a big thing. Um, and obviously where I'm from in my family. So um, growing up, it was there was a lot of pressure because the four siblings ahead of me Three of them, my sisters, they were just like educational wizards. Like literally like every exam, just top marks, this, this, that. So they were like the, like the, they were flying the flag high for the educational banner of my family. And then obviously came me along who I was all right at school, but I just liked sports. I just liked playing. I just didn't, you know what I mean? I wasn't, I didn't do bad in school, but because I didn't necessarily enjoy it all the time. I didn't push myself. Do you know what I mean? Um, so how I got into boxing was I was getting into quite a lot of trouble because um, uh, my issue I had um, <clears throat> my issue was to do my temperament and anger management. Um, so I think I was excluded. The ones I can remember, I think about twenty times between year one and year ten. Wow. So um, the only thing that stopped me from not getting kicked out of school completely was that my older brother went to the school some years ago and they knew him and he was obviously a good kid. So they were like, oh, we know you come from a good family type of thing. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, so, um, and obviously growing up in the area, I grew up in Southeast London, it was um, it was very easy to get affiliated with certain things or the wrong crowds or the wrong people. Um, and I did find that growing up, a lot of my friends were part of, you know, groups and gangs that they shouldn't have been part of. And I felt that, like, with the way I was getting in trouble in school and my temperament, because my temper, having that type of temperament in the area like that mean that you could get involved in a lot of issues that you shouldn't get involved in because at that age I was very quite stubborn. No one could really speak to me. So um I just got to a point where football, I, I always played football. In fact, I was actually a qualified football coach for some years. Um, but my disciplinary record wasn't the greatest. Um, a few cards here and there. And then someone just recommended to me, I'm like, why don't you try boxing out? Um, it might be good for, you know, to channel your energy and whatnot. I'd always watch boxing on the TV, so I thought, oh, yeah, that, that'd be a fun sport. So I just found the local gym, age 15, rocked up there, just to keep out of trouble, really. Then I thought, oh, I really like this. And then it went from what became a hobby, became a passion, and then it became a lifestyle of my career. So, um, yeah, literally, it was just to keep out of trouble. Wow. And it kept me out of trouble since then, so I've sort of kind of just stuck with it. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. that's amazing. You hear that a lot, don't you, about how, you know, especially young lads that are, yeah, um, kind of not got the best disciplinary 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 record at yeah. school. Um, they find boxing, and that kind of gives them a bit of drive, and it gives them a bit of discipline. Yeah, hundred percent. I think the biggest thing I learned from boxing was self discipline. Um, for me, um, like you have to be so disciplined in a sport like boxing. Um, you have to have self control um, because when you get into the ring, it's not just about I'm just gonna throw loads of punches and expect just to win a fight or knock someone out 
you have to have self-control to stick to a game plan. You know what I mean? You have to have self-discipline to get up and train, to get up and do your runs, to watch what you eat. So I think those were transferable skills that helped me in my education. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Because if I was disciplined enough, like when it came to doing those long, tedious hours in the library and banging out dissertations and projects, it was kind of like, although it was tedious, it was a lot much easier than being in the gym or running four or five miles in the morning. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So it was very transferable. And I feel like it's that's why you hear so many similar stories about a sport like boxing, hoping to change young people's lives because... I think self-discipline is the biggest thing that it, it gives. And um, now working with schools now, I see that a lot of schools and a lot of communities are aware of it and they're trying to reintroduce boxing into like school PE curriculum and stuff. Because growing up, p- boxing was never part of the PE curriculum because there's always been the notion that, you know, if you want to learn how to box, you're going to go out and start fighting people and stuff. Where really it's not. Boxing is a sport that really raises, you know, um, young men and women, um, mature young men and women who have self-discipline, self-control, um, who have self-respect as well and respect for others. Um, so it's great to see that people understand the power the sport has to change people's lives. So you, you're starting to see it a lot more in schools and local communities um, that they realise, yeah, someone can learn boxing and not just want to go out and fight everyone, but actually they can learn transferable skills that helps them in other areas of their life, whether they choose to compete or not. Yeah, that's awesome. And taking a step back then, so you mentioned about getting into trouble and, and all that kind of stuff and getting a few cards on the touchline. How does that all kind of feed into your parenting now and your hopes and your, you know, fears for the future now you've got a son yourself? Yeah, um, I think, uh, do you know what? I think about it a lot in terms of like being a, a parent in today's generation. Um, more so because... So it's different for my son. Like he's actually, he was obviously moved to Nottingham and he's born in Nottingham. It didn't really hit me until his birth certificate came. And I was like, wow, like you're actually from Nottingham. So you, <laughs> you have no claim to London other than your parents. <laughs> um, but I think for me, it's made me, would I change anything? No, because I feel like it's made me such a more rounded individual who I've seen a lot and experienced a lot. And I feel like it's put me in a position to be able to, offer as, as as much as I can in terms of my experience. And um, I think for me and my wife, I think there's a good balance because, you know, there is stuff that she may be very, you know, passionate about in terms of coming to parents. Like my wife, my, her background was, she was a teacher. She was a math teacher for a few years. And she works in education. So I remember when we were looking at nurseries and stuff. I just, I'd go to a nursery. Oh yeah, there's a cool playground. Sweet. Like, it looks cool. Like, bright colours. She's like reading Ofsted report. She's come with like a copy of the report. She's read this. She's read that. I just see Ofsted. Good. Ofsted. Outstanding. Excellent. And she's still got 100 questions and stuff. And so that's sort of kind of her area. Like there's some, when it comes to her, like with houses, are we in the catchment area for this school? Like I never ever think of that stuff. Do you know what I mean? So that's one element. Whereas like for me, um, I, and one thing as well is that like, because growing up, it was sort of kind of, it was a battle with my parents at times when they didn't really understand my passion for sports because they saw it as a distraction to education. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think that I've gone on to prove that it can be done with both. You know what I mean? I went to uni, I got a degree, I got a master's. I still compete as an amateur boxer and I'm a pro now. So um, I think whatever my son wants to do and any kids that I follow, um, I think one thing I know now is is to encourage them 
a hundred percent just to be the best that they want to be and enjoy themselves. Cause I feel like um, passion is what's kept me going in a lot of the things I do, despite it being hard at times. Um, if you're passionate enough about something, you're prepared to work hard for it and go for it. And you've got a supportive network behind you. I think that's the main thing. So I don't, I wouldn't say I have like a, like a manual or a set book of how to be a parent, but sort of kind of like, um, I wouldn't say winging it, but being a reactive parent and with every kid, obviously I only have one kid now, but with every kid, I think you're going to be different in a certain extent. Do you know what I mean? But just try to encourage them to be the best that they can be. And of course, like, you know, just let them know that regardless of what they do, they've got an amazing support system behind them that's going to support them forever. Because even that's what I had, even when I was getting in trouble and stuff, I still knew that I was loved. I still know that regardless that I had supportive parents with me. Yeah, I got grounded here and then I got into a lot of trouble, but there was still food for me. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I, I still had I still had clothes on my back, I still had a roof over my head, and I still had parents that I know that wanted the best for me. Um so yeah, so yeah, I'm still working it out to be fair. Maybe you guys can give me some pointers. <laughs> we're all we're all in the same boat. We're all just in, we're all working it out as we go yeah. along. <laughs> and then, you know, you could have another child like I I'm on my second. Yeah. And I've got a girl and it's very different. You know, even at this age, she's only one. Oh, yeah. You can see the personality differences already mm-hmm. and the character differences because they're different people, but yeah, different challenges with a boy and a girl, even from changing the nappies. <laughs> oh, I'm so scared to have a girl because I think I'll be super soft. And I just, I think that, yeah, like, I don't know how my dad done it. I had four sisters and I would just like give them anything, like literally. Yeah, she melts me quite, <laughs> quite easily. <laughs> Derek, one thing I, I do want to ask you, and yeah. we we talk about sleep on this podcast a lot. How, it, <laughs> how we're not having a lot of it, and it's killing us. Um, yeah. So I'm not a boxer, I'm not an athlete, but I do know that routine, eating, and sleeping is really important. Now, yes. when you have your little boy, how did the sleep affect your training? Did it? How how do you balance that? Um, how do I balance it? Um, I'm still in the process of uh, creating that manual uh, when it's complete. Uh, before what I know happened to now, obviously sleep is definitely a big important part. Um, not just so much having energy for your training sessions, but it plays a massive part in your weight. So boxing is obviously a weight managed sport. I have to be a certain weight. Uh, I'm a middleweight, so when I fight, I have to be uh, be anything around eleven stone six, eleven stone ten, which is about seventy two, seventy three kilos. So. Um, a lack of sleep has an adverse effect on your weight. Um, so very adverse effect. Um, in fact, the more sleep you get, um, the better it aids weight loss um, and also your muscle recovery as well. So it plays a big factor. And sleep for me, yeah, it's been interesting mm. because Malachi was actually born in the middle of a camp, like literally like a few weeks before a fight. And it was just a shock to the system. Like mm. the first night, where it's like 3 a.m. you just hear crying and you're like, oh my gosh, this is what everyone has been telling me about. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm, I was growing up, I was a notoriously deep sleeper, but now it's like I'm a light sleeper. Like I can, bl- like someone could blink and I'm awake. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so it's been interesting. Uh, like my wife, bless her, because uh, she has taken on a lot of the brunt of it, especially when I'm like during camp and whatnot. Um, but there have been days when I've just had to um, obviously get up and, you know, do the the nighttime runs. And it's hard for me because I'm not a good sleeper in general. Uh, once I'm awake, I struggle to get back to sleep. 
So if I sleep, if he wait, Malachi waits crying at 3 a.m. and I'm there and I'm putting back down and stuff, and let's say it's about four, I'm literally just awake till I need to be up till seven. So it can be challenging. Um, there have been days when me and my wife have both woke up, we've heard Malachi crying, and we're both looking like, who's going to budge first? <laughs> <laughs> we're looking at each other. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been interesting. Sleep is, um, now I feel like um, we're starting to see, obviously he's two now, he's got a different bed. And it was, sleep was, uh, it was very interesting with Malachi because from a young age, he learned how to climb out of his cot. Wow. which was quite traumatic because um, he doesn't really climb out. He just sort of like does like a WWE flip like over the top rope. And um, he's never landed on his feet once. But he still has a <laughs> so, um, so we kind of like, even when he's sleeping, there were so many nights where you're just kind of watching him on the baby when they're waiting for something to happen because like he was just surprised but yeah other than that it's been good we had some challenging times because even we were through periods where his sleep was good then he had sleep regression mm-hmm. um, which obviously you guys might know about um, but yeah generally now uh, much better um, but yeah it, there has been some very rough nights where yeah I've just sat there looking up to the sky and asking God like do people really do this <laughs> like, I don't know how my mum had six of us because yeah it's serious like, I know you guys definitely know what I'm talking about legit <laughs> <laughs> you know, I never knew that lack of sleep had uh, an adverse effect on weight yeah I know that's, you that's, that's what I'm about. saying that's what that's that's my reason it's not the kebab I had last night <laughs> I knew I saw your eyes lit up when Derek said that <laughs> like I've got my excuse Oh gosh! Wait. So I just, I just need more sleep. That's what I'm gonna to try tonight. No, yeah, you know what? I just, definitely I just helps. To to bed. But, yeah. I think what's interesting though is like if I'm if I'm tired because I work at home, I sit. Yeah, I, I can kind of recoup whilst I'm working. Okay, and I can recover whilst I'm working. You know, because I'm just I'm just sat there chilling, really. Yeah, but yeah. I'm working and my mind's in gear, but I'm not I'm not moving. I'm not doing anything yeah. physical. You're going in the gym. You're sparring, you, you're fighting, you're getting punched in the head. <laughs> yeah. You're getting punched in the ribs. Like, if you're tired and you're not quite sharp, that could be like physically damaging to you, right? That's- yeah. Um, I think, do you know what? It is like uh, the lifestyle of obviously being a father and being a pro athlete at the same time, it does build your resilience um, to. Uh, a level where like now my body can operate off a certain amount of sleep um also uh you have to apply wisdom and just be smart about your nutrition as well because that plays a big factor where maybe you might be lacking sleep um ensuring that you know whatever you're not getting in your food making sure that you're supplementing that with you know additional vitamins amino acids etc um but also listening to your body as well um i'm i'm very lucky that you know, I have two trainers that are both fathers themselves. One of them is a grandfather as well. Um, so they very much understand the challenges of being, you know, they were both boxers and being fathers. Um, so they would be able to see where me on some of my other stable mates who are also fathers and boxers as well can see how actually, do you know what, you look like you haven't slept tonight. Let's ease off this morning. Let's do this. Do you know what I'm saying? So, um, so I guess it's, it's, it's an individual sport, but it's really a team effort. There's people behind the the, mm. the scene who sort of kind of play upon your career. So, um, 
yeah, it, it can be challenging at times, but, you know, touch wood, I'm blessed in the sense of where, like, it's, there haven't been, you know, days when I'm just like, oh, my gosh, another night, just so, do you know what I mean? So um, I guess it comes, it's part and parcel, you know. I feel like I've given myself about 10 years of baby mode. So baby mode is in those 10 years, get as many of them out as we can, do you know what I mean? And then once I retire the baby monitor for life, I retire it, it goes into this box and doesn't come out again because I'm not waking up <laughs> at 3 or 4 a.m., all right? So... I feel like I've yeah, got another about eight or nine years of baby mode, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> wow, fair play. I know uh, I know Jordan is a massive boxing fan, so I'm sure he's got loads of boxing questions. But before yeah. we get to that, what I want to know, what does a professional middleweight boxer eat on a day-to-day basis? Oxygen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, do you know what? It's funny because uh, like, I love my food. I love my food, so... Um, when I really started getting serious with boxing, I just realised that I had to, you know, um, break up with a lot of my favourite foods, you know. Um, like, growing up, like I said, crisps. Um, I thought I'd grow out of it, but it got worse when I got older because I could just afford more crisps on my yeah. own. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, um, so for me, in a normal day-to-day, uh, uh, low low carbs, high protein, so I eat a lot of chicken, a lot of white meat, Um Vegetable, odd vegetables here and there, a lot of fruit and veg. Um, so yeah, like I'm, I'm a very my diet is very boring because I'm very regimented and routine. I could eat the same thing three or four times a day, seven days a week, ten or eleven weeks straight in the camp. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, generally low carbs, high protein, um, quite boring stuff. A lot, lots and lots of water. Um, but yeah, but when I'm not in camp, oh, I love about everything. I'm a notorious snacker. That's my issue sweets nuts crisps popcorn and it feels like i'm not eating i feel like it's an exercise for my jaw just to keep moving <laughs> love chicken language. like yeah chicken chicken is just like the universal language you know what i mean <laughs> like you know you talk about love languages a lot i think food is my love language <laughs> yeah food is definitely one of them for me and i don't know i've developed a over the years as i've got older a sweet tooth which is terrible because I, I never really had a sweet tooth when i was younger but now it's like like cookie dough and stuff and yeah uh-huh. I thought I'm only I can happily talk about all this stuff now because I just had a fight last week but if I was in camp <laughs> I would just be upset just here like oh yeah you chicken <laughs> but yeah um, oh, you'd get on well with my wife Derek she she loves crisps <sighs> She's I think my love for crisps is unhealthy though <laughs> it's very unhealthy I'll tell you a funny story quickly so one year for Lent uh, I gave up crisps. Um, I must have been about 11. So what I did was every time my mum would buy a multi-pack for us in the house because there was six of us and we just like ate like ate like animals, um, I'd just take like two or three packets of store in a little backpack to have after the Lent was done. And um, so after the 40 days, I had 42 packs of crisps stored up from Lent in my bag. <laughs> 42 packs of crisps were gone by Easter Monday. <laughs> Now, you'd think I'd grow out of that. When I got to uni, it got even worse. I used to buy big moly boxes. I'd keep them in the storage far from my room. So I thought that if I'd take long to walk there, it'd deter me from going to get the crisps. And no, it was just, yeah, it got bad. So I really have to be disciplined <laughs> with crisps. And, yeah. I, love you, I love what you said about breaking up with snacks. <laughs> yeah, breaking up. I literally, there's some things I just, I just don't enjoy. I don't 
like get to enjoy as much anymore because I can't like I'm a big bread person anything that's oh, just bread is just lovely so it's just I, just, I, I like the the image of you sitting down with the like a tube of Pringles and looking at that man's moustache and saying it's not you it's me <laughs> Pringles are the worst because once you put them you can't stop <laughs> you know it's just funny I feel like there's I actually did some research and, and Pringles there's actually something in it called MSG which you find a lot of Chinese food, which actually makes it addictive. No way. So that makes you like constantly, once you put it down and you just feel the taste of your mouth, you constantly want to eat more. But you're going to make me go buy some Pringles now. They're expensive <laughs> now, man. Cost of living's <laughs> gone up. <laughs> oh, man, that's amazing. That's really funny. I feel like um, me and Jason should come to your gym one day and just let you put us through it for a session. No, nah, definitely, man. You're most welcome. Um, most, <laughs> most welcome. Like We get the beauty about boxing, and like the view about our gym, like we're a big, you know, our gym, DCT Boxing Academy stands for Dreams Come True. And um, we have all variations of people and abilities that come. Um, we have people that come who just want to keep fit and they're going to compete. And we have people that are competing at some of the highest levels in the country. Um, and we all train together. You know, we have coaches that know how to push us to the max of our abilities individually. It's not about you know, what can you can do and how good you are. It's just really about pushing yourself, enjoying yourself. For a lot of people that come to our gyms, it's great therapy. Some people come to the gym dealing with stuff in their private life and they just want to, you know, like have a release. You know, we have people who come to our gym that just want to be part of the social hub, you know. Um, so, yeah, so like, I really do mean it. I know that some boxing gyms can seem quite daunting and stuff, but there are some gyms out there that are just great to go there and just burn some calories and have some fun, man. So yeah, hundred percent. In fact, I'd even put I put I put you in the ring and let me try I throw let you try throw some punches at me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm game. Jason, are you game? Yeah, as long as I can have a nap afterwards. <laughs> no, of course that's fine. And there's a I don't worry. We 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 there's a nice spot in the corner of the gym. Uh, if you just need to like take that's where you'll find me <laughs> <laughs> with some Pringles <laughs> if they're barbecue ones I might join you <laughs> oh Derek that's amazing I've just got some quick boxing questions that I want to yeah, ask cool. Jason said I'm a, a boxing fan so yeah. more for my own indulgence really I just want to ask you who's your favourite fighter of all time and <sighs> who's your favourite active fighter <sighs> I can only pick one yeah, let's limit it to one. Let's challenge you. Limit it to one. Just based on boxing, and that's Roy Jones Jr. Um, Knew it. An active fighter right now. Do you know what I say? I want to put my neck out and say AJ. Yeah? Do you know what I say AJ? Do you know why? Because um, uh, seeing how far he's come and what he's achieved based on how late he started boxing, his boxing ability, um, how he's transcended the sport in terms of socially, publicly, in terms of he's created a lot of buzz around boxing again um, and sort of kind of raised, um, he's raised the profile of the sport, especially in this country um, in terms of the last few years. Um, and I think, you know what, he's achieved a lot. For someone who gets a lot of stick sometimes, he's it's achieved, lovely. yeah, he gets a lot of stick and very unfair at times. I feel like he's achieved a lot. Um, and, you know, regardless of what he does uh, for the rest of his career, um, I feel like he's had a career that a lot of people would be very proud of. You know, he's an Olympic gold medalist. He's, his resume as a heavyweight, he's, he's boxed. He's been out there, do you know what I mean? Um, he's a two-time heavyweight world champion. So, yeah, 
I'd say uh, active favorite active fighter. I'd say is AJ. Oh, amazing, Derek! It's been such a good interview. Thanks so much for your time. Oh, I've One enjoyed quick it so question. much. One last question before you go. Any little bit of advice for parents, for people in the same position or people just trying to get through the next few days as being parents? Um, I would say uh, take every day as it comes. Take every day as it comes. Um, every day is different and kids will, will, will learn to humble you in that area because, you know, one minute your kid is fine. They want to be your best friend. They're happy. And the next minute they're jumping up and down and shouting and throwing their snacks or they don't want to eat or they don't want to sleep. So every day is different. So take every day um, as it comes. And one thing I've learned as well is, you know, I try not to take myself too seriously. Um, I try to have a laid back, calm approach to life, um, which I think as a parent as well, um, like at the end of the day, you know, you're only going to do the best that you can do. Um, by your child but as long as you know that you're doing your best and you love them then what more can you do really do you know what I mean so um, don't take it don't take yourself so seriously as a parent number two mm-hmm. number three um, you know make sure that all your valuables are not in any cupboards that are reachable <laughs> <laughs> um, make sure anything that is breakable is not within reach of your young person <laughs> But yeah, man, just try to enjoy it, man. Make the most of it. Like being a parent is hard, it's difficult, um, but at the same time, it's so rewarding, it's so fun. Um, look mm-hmm. at, try to look at the brighter side of things, and also um, sometimes I have to remind myself that well, like my mum probably had to endure a lot of the things that I'm enjoying as a parent now to raise me. Um, so it's only right that uh, I exercise the same level of you know patience and apply the same amount of care that our parents really put into us and so yeah so mm-hmm. um yeah man just 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 be the best you could be and enjoy being a parent because they're gonna i'm told they get old and they go to uni and they don't call you or so often <laughs> so so try to enjoy it oh, Derek, thank you so much for joining us just before we go how can people follow you and follow your career moving forward um oh yeah so um i'm literally delway asazi and everything obviously growing up in southeast london peckham only fools and horses Delboy just sort of just kind of stuck since my school teacher used to call me Delboy. So I'm Delboy or Saze, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, on YouTube. Um, so yeah, it's not hard to to find me. Yeah, man, follow, like, support, and just, yeah, support the journey, man. Um, and yeah, like, really, really appreciate um, the opportunity to be on a podcast today, man. I really enjoyed oh, this. No, I, like, I felt like we could have sit here speaking for hours, really. Um, but yeah, I've had to listen to most of the episodes, and I really love what you guys are doing, man. So yeah, keep up, keep oh, up. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you. thank you for joining us, Derek. John, what an amazing interview. I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed it. Enjoyed it so much. I could tell. (laughs) (laughs) If you're listening to this and you don't know who Roy Jones Jr. is, get on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Ronaldinho. He's a a boxer. He's the Ronaldinho of boxing. That's how I can best describe him. What if they don't know who Ronaldinho is? He's the Bruno Mars of boxing. Absolute showman. Okay, that's Quality. a good. That's a good explanation. <laughs> <laughs> well, Derek said something there that I want to pick up on. Oh, go on. I asked him a question about: Does your kind of background and getting in trouble shape how you parent? Yeah. And I was never really a bad lad in school, but I got myself in trouble just through talking too much. Hmm. So I can say to my kids growing up: Look, when it's time to stop talking, stop talking. 
Do you know what I mean? So I can deter them yeah. from the bad because I've experienced that. Yeah. The bad. Very limited bad. But I was expecting Derek to kind of go down that route. But what he said instead was just let them follow their passions hmm. and let them follow what they're excited about, what they love to do. So it wasn't a kind of deterring from the bad, but an encouraging towards the good. And that was something that stuck with me really. And I thought it was a really nice, nice top tool. Yeah. Top tool. <laughs> <laughs> Went for it. Went for it. I left you hanging this time. One of the things that I loved, and it's we talk about it all the time. It was the, when you mentioned not giving the scraps to your kids. That, yeah. for me, that was like, and to hear somebody who is, you know, a professional athlete, like operating at a high standard, just to be still struggling with that as well. It's like, oh, okay, great. Like we're all in the same boat but we all recognise the importance of like actually bringing your best to your kids. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. I felt quite inspired to even just eat a little healthier. <laughs> so I go for a run. <laughs> and then we finished recording. I went to get some lunch and all we had was a pizza. <laughs> so tomorrow. <laughs> start, start tomorrow. Start tomorrow. Work for today. <laughs> Amazing. If you've got any questions, comments, uh, we just want to, have a little chat send us a message at parenting tools pod on tiktok or instagram or you can send us an email at parenting tools pod at gmail.com so thank you for listening this has been the parenting tools podcast and we will see you next week hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.